Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Okay, so let's let's get into the word. Amen this morning. Yeah, it really was a powerful day yesterday. Um, amen. There was a liberty. And we don't, you know, that, that's definitely, as, as Greg said, has been through the fruit of uh, many years of prayer. And so we want to utilize that, that opportunity in the future and see many people come to faith. Amen. Uh, this morning, I want to talk about a, a very uh, important subject in the Word of God. Uh, it's, it's something that has been established for many, many years, uh, beginning with Abraham, and it's the subject of circumcision. And Paul, he, he says, uh, he said in Philippians, we are the circumcision. We are the circumcision. So uh, I pray that God will use this to help us understand our true identity as God's children. Amen. When mobile phones first came out, um, those you can remember, uh, I remember my, my phone was a banana phone, you know, the thing, the slider and... Uh, and they, 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 when they first brought out the mobile phones, they, they, they tried to get small as possible. Did you remember those days? You know, I had a tiny little Ericsson. And, but then, then smartphones came in, and they got as big as possible. And so you've got these big screen phones now. But I remember hearing a story uh, in the UK uh, when mobile phones first started coming out. Not everyone had one. And there was this, uh, in, in a city center, and there was this young man. He was walking down the street on his mobile phone, and he was just chatting away and walking down. And, uh, but tragically, something happened on the street, and there was a, a, a gentleman who had a heart attack, and uh, it was an urgent uh, need for, for uh, first aid response for the, uh, the ambulance. And so someone noticed this young man on the phone. He said, oh, you know, can, can we borrow your phone, or can you ring? We need an ambulance right now. There's an emergency. And he said, no, no, no. You know, and he said, you Everyone's getting irate with this man. He said, look, we, we, we need to call an ambulance. Come, please, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pay you. We'll reimburse you, whatever it costs. Can we use your phone? No, no, no. And there were, everyone's getting mad at this young man. And he turned around and said, it's not real. <laughs> so interesting. So, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> amen. We want to be, Amen. The real deal, and and we are the true circumcision, and uh, we want to look at what that means for us as God's people, because it is a mark for the people of God. With Abraham, God, is, you know, He told him, Abraham, you need to circumcise. Well, he had to be circumcised. All the men in his household, and of course, his firstborn son, uh, well, Ishmael, and then and Isaac, uh, and it was a principle, and it became an identity for the people of Israel. To the point that they regard their enemies as the uncircumcised. And uh, it really was a powerful identity that God intended for them to realize that they were the people of God. And that hasn't changed. And we're going to look at this. Um, you know, we, thank God it's, we, we don't have to deal uh, with, with uh, physical circumcision. All the men said, Amen. <laughs> But there is a spiritual circumcision we're going to look at. Um, but it was an issue for the early church. Um, many of the letters that, 
that were written by Paul and the apostles is dealing with the subject of the Judaizers or the, you know, the, the, the Jewish Christians who still wanted to follow this practice of circumcision. And it really caused an issue. And they had to deal with it. There was a decree that uh, in Acts chapter 15 that was um, made to, to address this issue. And I think one of the reasons it was a big debate was because Abraham was circumcised. This was pre-law. So the, the Christians pretty much knew that, you know, we don't follow the law anymore as believers, but circumcision is pre-law. So does it still apply? And this, this was a, a big debate. And they said, no, it doesn't apply. Uh, but it means something. There's a spiritual reason for it. Because for the Jews, it became an identity, but then it, it got misused. And they thought, well, if you're, if you're circumcised and you belong, it shows you belong to Abraham, and therefore you are a true child of God. But Jesus challenged that mentality. Because really it's a, a showing in the flesh. Um, I was reading... I'm reading enjoying a book at the moment. It's about these two Christian ladies who were imprisoned in Iran. And they, they wrote a book on their experience. And they, in the book, it talks about you know, some of the people that, that interrogated them and these, these men. And they would have a, a red mark on their forehead. And it was like a calloused mark. And, and it was an indication of piety uh, in that culture. Because what it meant was that they had a, the bigger the red mark, it means the more time they spent praying. Because, you know, in, in the Muslim faith, they would, they would kneel down and, and touch their head on the floor. So the bigger the market, oh, he's been praying a lot. But what, what they also realized is that some of these men, they would heat up a stone and they would imprint a heated stone on their forehead. So it would, it would show a red mark quicker. And so everyone thought, wow, you know, you, you've been praying a lot. But uh, it was just a show. And this has always been an issue with religiosity that it's more about a show to man than it is to devotion to God. And uh, we're going to deal with uh, what circumcision actually means because it's not a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. So our text is Philippians 3, uh, verse 1 to 11, but we'll read the first two verses to start with. Paul writes, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious. But for you, it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. And Paul is addressing these Judaizers who are coming in and, and, and tripping up Christians, saying, oh, you need to be circumcised. This is something that is still relevant. And he, he is very strong on this, Paul, because, of course, he was a Pharisee. And he subscribed to all of that. But it didn't mean anything any more, anything more to, it didn't mean anything any longer to him. And he says, beware of this tendency. Beware of this showing in the flesh. And he writes against it because it really was threatening the church. Incidentally, the greatest threat to the grace of God in your life is not so much blatant sin and worldliness. It's rather legalism. It's when we feel that it's about strict adherences to laws or rules or a showing before man actually can hinder us a lot in experiencing and flowing in the grace of God. Paul said to Galatians, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And he even goes to say that anyone who tries to live by law 
is accursed from Christ, which is incredibly strong language. Because God is, grace does not flow through that. The flesh is any, any human attempt to be righteous. And as in the word of God, we see that flesh persecutes spirit. It's always the case. Religious people persecute those who are in the spirit. Paul, the apostle, everywhere he went, pretty much, he was harassed by religious Jews. That was his biggest problem. I personally believe this was the thorn in his flesh. It's open to debate, of course. But wherever he went, it was the Jews that incited the people to stone him or, 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 you know, they wanted to kill him ultimately. And it was religiosity that persecuted the, the spirit. And it is today. See, the spirit is, is, a, is faith in the promise. Flesh is attempt to be righteous in the natural. In other words, it's what you feel you do to make yourself acceptable to God. And putting trust in that rather than faith in what he's promised you. And this is something we, we need to be constantly reminded about because the, the flesh wants to live. <laughs> and the flesh doesn't mind being religious as long as it can live. The flesh is happy to, you know, to do all kinds of religious duty as long as it can live. But that is not God's way. Galatians 4.29 says, But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. And so he's referencing off uh, the birth of Ishmael and uh, the Ishmaelites uh, persecuted the Jews or the, the descendants that came through the promised child, Isaac. And he said, it is today. The flesh will always persecute the spirit. Um, it's even, it can even be true in church at times, sadly, where someone's, you know, stepping out in the spirit, feel inspired and stepping out in faith. And then some, some, some flesh Christians say, you know, can criticize that. You know, the old crabology thing, you know, they put the crabs in a bucket and no crabs will get out because they're always trying to pull the one out that's trying to climb out. And so Christians can be that, that way sometimes, you know, someone's aspiring and, and getting on in the spirit and, oh, you know, they're just, they're just fanatical. They're just over the top. Come be as carnal as we are. <laughs> Let's continue. Uh, in our text. So Paul says, For we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm also circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, I have counted loss for Christ. Yes, indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith, 
that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Amen. Paul, you know, he said, I could have boasted about a lot of things, but I don't. He said, I count that rubbish. And that, of course, a lot of people know what rubbish means. It's not rubbish. It's connected with dogs. It's, it's connected with something that comes from dogs. <laughs> he said, it's nothing to me anymore. And he would have been pretty impressive. I mean, his credentials amongst the Jewish religious community, he has some high standing. I mean, he would have been praised. He would have had esteem in that community. And he says, I, I, I don't regard that as anything. Many would call him a fool for turning uh, away from that and discounting all his achievements. How about you? Are you willing to be regarded as a fool for Christ? Because the world will applaud human achievement. The world will admire those who've done well for themselves. But the world disdains those who have faith and those who give glory and credit to God and are childlike almost in their dependence upon him. Are you willing to be a fool? Are you willing to let that shine out of your life and be your true identity more than what this world wants you to be. See, this circumcision is really all about identity. God gave circumcision to Abraham as a physical distinction of a life that is set apart to God. Abraham was God's man and his descendants were God's chosen people. However, the physical does not always indicate the spiritual reality, as in the case of most of the Pharisees. And John John the Baptist highlighted this. He says in Matthew 3, 8 to 9, Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Verse 3 of our text says, We are the circumcision who worship God in spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. These are are no mere words. These are characteristics of a life that is circumcised to God. These are the hallmarks, if you like. These are the distinguishing features of a life that has been circumcised to God. And this is what Paul is saying. This is what circumcision really means. We understand in the Old Testament um, that the things that God set up were, were like earthly realities to spiritual truths. And so physical circumcision, uh, amen, was a prelude to the greatest circumcision, which is spiritual, which came through Jesus Christ. As humans, we, we're all pretty much approval junkies. We want to be accepted. It's very strong in us. Um, it, you know, human praise is incredibly powerful and intoxicating. I remember uh, reading one article and um, the, the comment was that, that the praise of man 
is more intoxicating, this is to a man, than even pornography. That, that the effect it has in the brain, that someone praises you and esteems you, is so intoxicating. Um, in sport, you know, I've been involved in sports in my younger days, and, and when you get somebody cheering on, it's huge. I mean, when you're running a race, I remember running, and you know, you're just like, I can't go anymore, I can't give anymore. And you get a bunch of people cheering you on. You know, it, it's incredible what difference that makes. And, and we are wired for approval, and, and we, we yearn for approval, and God wants to give that. Ultimately, only he can give you that true sense of, 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 of you know, the importance you're looking for. But we crave it. And, and that's, this circumcision sets us free from seeking that approval from man. It says in Romans 8, uh, 2.28, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the latter, in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but God. Whose praise is not from men, but God. This is the issue here. That we are motivated for God's praise. We're living a higher for a higher purpose. We're no longer living for the approval and the acceptance of man. And that's why it's important that we confess Jesus Christ before people. And as new converts, the best thing for someone who, who gives their life to Jesus is to tell their immediate family and tell their friends to say, this is who I am now, regardless of how they respond to it. Because we're seeking his praise. We care for what he thinks about us more than what people think about us. And this is what motivates us to live as believers. And this is what we care for as believers. And this is a work of God's spirit in the heart. Paul says the first thing, who worship God in the spirit. You cannot worship God in the flesh. It's totally unsuccessful. Why? Because it's, it's natural and the flesh is all about you. When Adam sinned, when man fell, the flesh enthroned self. It deified self because that was a lie that, that Satan said to them. You can be like gods. Oh, I have some of that. And the flesh came about through that and it's all about self. Because that's, 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 that's what caused Satan, Lucifer, to fall. I shall be like the Most High. I shall ascend. It's all about I. And so the flesh nature will always enthrone self. That's why God says, I, I, don't, I, I have nothing to do with the flesh now. I don't relate to the flesh. The flesh is dead. And thank God that Jesus did that for us. And so if you're in the flesh, it's all going to be about you. There's a song that I haven't heard it here. I didn't. Um, Jesus, love of my soul, not the, not the one we sung yesterday. And it's just, it's all about you. You know that one, Jesus. But sometimes it's all about me because <laughs> the flesh wants it to be about you. 
And, and we, we can only successfully serve God in spirit, not flesh. You know, on the, on the platform, you know, and I appreciate uh, ministry, but you know, you've got to be in the spirit. Because if you're in the flesh, it's going to be all about you. It's going to be, did I sound good? Oh, you know, you, you, you thrive and, and you want that, that human approval. But that's going to that's bend your will. That's going to bend your, your motives. But when you do it for him, because God will give you his approval. Jesus spoke about that. He said, when you pray, pray somewhere privately. Let no one know about it. When you fast, don't proclaim it. When you give, you know, don't, don't make a big fanfare of it. And he says, my father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He said, that's true religion. Because it, we can be very motivated for the approval of people. We can, you know, Jesus, in the Old Testament, God said, put phylacteries, you know, you know what phylacteries are, it's little tassels on your garment to help them remember the law. And the Pharisees, they, they soon got all set about that, how they looked and, hey, brother, I like your phylacteries. Wow, you got, you got more than me. Wow, you must be really spiritual. And it's all a show in the flesh. But it meant nothing. And that's what they got caught up about, the Pharisees. They cared about, they looked good to one another. They approved one another. Wow, you know, you, wow, brother, you're, you're praying and, and doing all this and pat on the back. And they felt, wow, they must be pleasing God. But Jesus said, how can you believe when you seek approval from man, but do not seek the approval from God? He said, you, he said, you cannot believe when you have that motivation. You cannot come into faith if you care for what people say and think of you more than God. It will be a major block. We worship God in spirit because the spirit is all about Christ. The Spirit gives glory to Christ all the time. The Spirit wants to make Jesus the center of everything. The Spirit wants to give glory to Him at all times. So you cannot worship God in the flesh. But in the Spirit, you are a a very good worshiper. In Spirit, you want to worship Him. In Spirit, you love it. Amen. You, You thrive on it. And it's a work of God in the heart. But we have a choice. We have a natural mind and we have a spiritual mind. And that's why the scripture says we are to put on the spirit. I was, I was, I was considering this morning uh, in my reading that a few places in scripture, Paul talks about believers that are, that are, are asleep. In some t- cases, it's clear what he's referring to. It's referring to death for a Christian. He says it's sleep. But in other places, he's not referring to physical death. And he talks about, you know, right, awake from sleep. I was thinking, what does he mean, awake from sleep to Christians? My personal take on that is, I think he's talking about Christians who are not living in the spirit. They're Christians because they've been born again. And God is in them, but they're living more from the flesh than the spirit. Therefore, they are asleep, if you like, to spiritual things. So they're just functioning in the natural. And Paul says, wake up, guys. Wake up. God has put something in you, spirit. Put on a new man. Live from that place. And only then will you truly worship God. Only then will you be connected 
to the life that you have in Christ. Because God is with your spirit. He's never with your flesh. This is the key to Paul's success. He says, for God is my witness in whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of of Christ. See, God is with your spirit person. He relates to your spirit. Guess what? When you're in the natural, you don't hear from God. It's not because God is not wanting to speak to you. It's not because God is just like, because you can't hear him. In spirit, he is with you. We need faithful men and women who serve God in spirit. The second thing Paul says, who rejoice in Christ Jesus. We know Paul wrote a fair bit about rejoicing. Uh, There's 25 references in the Pauline epistles. And I think Paul knew what he was talking about. Paul loved to rejoice. Um, He kept exhorting us as Christians, rejoice always. Again I say, rejoice. And this is a facet of life in the Spirit, is rejoicing. You can only rejoice the way Paul rejoiced when in spirit. Because a natural person, a natural self, does not want to rejoice. Unless it makes you personally, unless it benefits you personally. Because it's self-orientated, isn't it? And this, co- this becomes a problem to us to, when it comes to rejoicing in all things. Because that's what the scripture says. Be thankful in everything. Rejoice always. It's like whatever you're going through, whatever life is thrown at you, whatever you're experiencing in the natural, rejoice. How do you do that? Well, by being in the spirit. Because the spirit is connected to God's perspective. You know that God has a narrative for you. Every believer, God has a narrative for your life. He has a plan and purpose. He has it all worked out. David said, I cannot recount the amount of thoughts you have about me. It is wonderful. God has so many thoughts about you. He has it all worked out. He has a a narrative for your life to take. But the natural man does not, does not understand that, the Bible says. You cannot, natural man cannot understand spiritual things. So when you are in spirit, you start to get a sense of what God is doing, his plan in your life. That's why Paul said you can rejoice in everything. Even that it seems naturally challenging. And, and you, know, you are suffering perhaps at times in the natural. He says you can still rejoice. Because God... God's narrative, God is using that for something glorious for his purpose and plan in your life. But you can only connect with that by being in the spirit. And this is a facet of being circumcised of heart, that you can do that through your spirit person. Because otherwise it seems mad to rejoice. People think you're a psycho, you know. <laughs> Life's gone bad, you're like, praise the Lord, what? There's, a, there's a, an artesian well in, um, in Watton, Norfolk. Actually, no, it's not in Watton. It's on the way to Watton from Thetford. And um, it's an unusual well. There's, it's kind of unique, not unique. There's a few around, but it's quite rare. That this artesian well, the water wells up and forms a, a little pond during 
uh, the summer. But in the winter, it's, it's totally dry. That's why it's unusual, because it's normally the other way around, because you get more water in, in the ground. In, in the, uh, but for some reason, uh, in the summer, the water all comes to the surface. And that's like the joy that's in, in, in you that wells up. When you start rejoicing in spirit, the joy of the Lord, like artesian well, starts springing up within you. And you actually mean it. You really do. You're actually like excited and glad and, and joyful because it's coming from your spirit. And the final thing Paul says, and have no confidence in the flesh. Have no confidence in the flesh. That's the facet of being circumcised of heart. You don't trust in yourself. You don't give credence to what you know in yourself. Your trust and dependence is totally in God. According to Ezekiel's um, instructions about the priest's attire, uh, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting. In uh, Ezekiel 44.18, they shall have linen turbans on their heads, linen trousers on their bodies. They shall not clothe themselves with anything that causes sweat. God didn't want the priests to think that it's because of their effort. They're ministering their own strength. He said, I don't want any sweat. I don't want any human... Um, sense of human achievement on my altar. I don't want people to trust in what they're doing. And again, this is a picture of what is desirable to God, that God wants people to serve him in spirit because the flesh is obnoxious to God. Recently, I opened a bin uh, in, in a house and, uh, and the stench was unbelievable. I was gagging. And it, it took me back to my time in China where a friend of ours, uh, American friends, they, they couldn't get back in due to the, the lockdown. And they said, can you keep an eye on our department? So we was going every now and then. And I soon noticed some, some disturbing things. There were some, some little droppings, you know. And I thought, oh, no, the rats have got in. And so I ordered on, on Taobao, which was... Um, um, like eBay sort of thing. I ordered a load of rat traps, you know, and I set them up inside this house. I thought, you know, I'm going to get this sucker. And uh, I, I set them up, but the problem is I kind of forgot. And so I, I, I didn't go back in there until about three weeks later. And as soon as I opened that door, it was horrendous. Oh, the smell. And, and there was this rat dead. And, and it was just, oh, it's horrible. I don't know about rats, but something about dead rat is, is the worst thing. And it was like, I saw these little trails coming from this rat. So what on earth is that? And I saw these little trails and they, 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 had, they went under this mat by the front door. And I, I, I thought, what's under that mat? <laughs> I lifted up the mat and there was these chrysalises and there were loads of flies in the place. The whole ecosystem went on right there. And it was, it was horrendous. And then I opened our bin back here and it reminded me of all of that. I saw this rat skin in the bin. And there was a lot of maggots in there. It was horrible. And that, that stench is nauseous to me. And you know what? That's just like the flesh to God. The, the stench of the flesh is rancid to God. 
Amen. He cannot stand it. He cannot tolerate it. It makes him nauseous. In the Old Testament, amen, he, he would break out at times. And, and people, you know, the priests, they, Aaron, poor Aaron, you know, his two sons, they went before the Lord. And they oh, this would be a good idea. Let's offer incense. I don't think they did it out of any kind of like, you know, um, you know, any sort of angry at God or any bad attitude towards God. They just thought, this is our idea. And they weren't, and God killed them. He broke out in fire and they were, they were consumed. And he said, Aaron, don't, don't cry now. I mean, this is severe stuff because God wanted them to know that flesh, that we do anything in our own strength for ourselves, or that it, to God it is a rancid thing. And I always wondered why, you know, that the flesh, the burning of, of the burnt offerings in the Old Testament, you know, Noah, he offered up uh, after the flood, you know, one of the first things he did, he offered up animals on an altar before God. And God smells that. This is, it's, it was a, a sweet-smelling aroma to God. I wondered about, why is burning flesh a sweet-smelling aroma to God? Because it's the destruction of the flesh. See, the flesh came about through the fall of man. He hates it. And, and the flesh doesn't, is never saved. You know that. The flesh... Amen, is, is, is dead to God. Jesus died to put it to death in us. And he said, I will have nothing to do with the flesh. So God only relates to you through the Spirit. 1 Corinthians one twenty nine says that no flesh should glory in his presence. Because the flesh is all about deification of self. And the flesh has no problem about being religious as long as self is in control. As long as it's about you, it's fine. The flesh nature never changes. That's why God says, I have circumcised your heart. I have done this in you. You don't have to do this. We don't have to try and beat the flesh in our own strength or anything like that. We just simply put faith and what Christ has done, and live in it. That's, that's period. That's all we need to do. We live in the Spirit. But sometimes we've, we've fallen asleep to that, and we, we default into trying to do it our way. You know, imagine if you get a pig. Actually, you know, it's kind of funny. In, 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 when I was in China, my, my own name, Julian, Julian, in Chinese means pig face. Great. <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> I said, well, don't call me that. But actually, pigs in, in, in China is not, not as bad as, you know, they're kind of cute, regarded as cute in China. You know, pepper pig is very popular there. But um, anyway, a pig. Imagine you take a pig, you know, you clean it up. You know, give it a bath. Give it a scrub, you know. They can smell pretty bad, can't they? Clean up the pig, you know, maybe do its, well, little hair that it has. Maybe put some lipstick on it, you know. Imagine a pig with lipstick. Amen. Put some perfume on it. And you're making that pig presentable, but guess what? What's it going to do? Exactly. First time it finds some mud, it's going to straight back in it. It's going to behave like a pig. It's always going to be a pig, no matter how beautiful you make it. And that's just like the flesh. You cannot improve the flesh. It's always going to do what flesh wants to do. But God says, I have circumcised you. It's a work, the Bible says, not with the work of hands, 
but by the work of the Spirit. Thank God. And this is the mark of the true child of God. That we have been circumcised in our hearts. That we don't have to live anymore compelled, motivated by that self-enthroning nature. We can put that thing off and say, I have a new nature that loves to worship. I have a new nature that loves, amen, to rejoice always. I have a nature that, amen, absolutely places no confidence in myself, in my achievement and what I can do because I know it's only by him. Because our achievements, the best of it is like Paul said is rubbish compared to what God can do in us. We are the circumcision of God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.